This is Weekly Signals Interviews, broadcasting every Tuesday morning, 8 to 9, Pacific Time on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In her new book, Torture and the Twilight of Empire, our guest today, Marnia Lazrig, looks at the intimate relationship between torture and colonial domination through a close examination of the French army's coercive tactics during the Algerian War. By tracing the psychological, cultural, and political meanings of torture at the end of the French Empire, she also sheds new light on the United States and its recourse to torture in Iraq and Afghanistan. Lazreg is professor of sociology at Hunter College and the Graduate Center of the U- City University of New York. Marnia Lazrig, welcome to Weekly Signals. Thank you. How are you today? I am fine, thank you, and thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here. What's it like in New York today? Is it a nice day? Uh, it is nice. It's sunny, a little bit chilly, typical uh-huh. March weather. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, that's, that's good to hear. I love March weather. <laughs> I, I like it a lot better than, than the, the dead of summer. At least you get some That's true. Some it has weather. lots of surprises. Yes. <laughs> now, uh, tell us, uh, give us a little background on the Algerian War and France's occupa- occupation of uh, Algeria. Well, what were the events leading up to that? Just kind of characterize the war so we have a good starting point here. Right. Uh, well, it's important to understand that the war came as a result of 124 years of uh, political, social, and economic neglect. Uh, Algeria had been colonized, you know, invaded by France in 1830. Uh, the first 45 or 50 years were very, very brutal. Uh, the uh, French government had practiced a scorched earth policy. Uh, then around uh, the 1870s, you know, about, you know, the 1875 and, you know, uh, uh-huh. onward, uh, the uh, country had been declared, uh, quote-unquote, pacified in the sense, you know, that uh, there were no uh, rebellions. Uh, but by 1954, when the war started, uh, the people had just had it. Uh, Algiers did not have equal political uh, economic or uh, civic rights, you know, with uh, the colonist population. The distinguishing feature of the war, which lasted, you know, from 1954 to 1962, was uh, its brutality and the uh, systematic use of torture. Uh, torture was used in, uh, during, poli- uh, during um, uh, military campaigns, uh, <laughs> operations rather, um, if there was uh, an ambush um, and uh, the French, you know, army, you know, had, you know, been faced, you know, was faced with a group, you know, of armed uh, guerrillas, uh, and if some of those guerrillas, you know, had been captured, they would be tortured right there, you know, on the spot, you know, in the middle of nowhere with portable uh, torture equipment. Uh, torture was also used uh, in the torture chambers proper, uh, for a number of purposes. One was, you know, ostensibly to secure information, intelligence, um, but the other was really to terrorize the population. And uh, torture was also used in, um, in brainwashing, you know, which, you know, the uh, French military called psychological action. Now, what was France's history with torture? 
up to that point? Was this just kind of the standard operating procedure? Uh, that is that is a very important question that you're asking because uh, torture had been banned in France, you know, since you know the French Revolution of mm-hmm. 1789. Uh, because it was associated with the arbitrary rule of the monarch. And remember, this was a, you know, an absolute monarchy by divine right, you know, mm-hmm. um, which the French you know, Revolution had put an end to. Um, and remember, also during the Enlightenment, you had you know, major figures you know, like uh, Voltaire, you know, who had denounced you know, uh, torture. This was prior, of course, to the uh, French Revolution, who had denounced you know, torture in his writings. Um, so torture was really uh, not uh, used in France. In addition, uh, some of the uh, members of the resistance uh, during the, uh, the Second World War, the French members of the resistance, uh, had been tortured by the Nazis. And some of them found themselves uh, fighting in Algeria. Not all of them, but some of them also engaged in torture in Algeria. So. This was really not, you know, a practice that uh, the French government, uh, in essence, by definition, condoned, or uh, that the French public, you know, would tolerate. Nevertheless, it was uh, used systematically during the Algerian War between 1954 and 1962, and it was part and parcel of a new uh, military theory and doctrine which the army called um, counter-revolutionary doctrine. Um, Torture was seen as, quote-unquote, a war weapon, and again, quote-unquote, an antidote to terrorism. So Mm. torture was justified in terms of uh, putting an end to uh, the war of decolonization, uh, which for the French was the end of their empire. We're speaking with Marnia Lazreg. The book is Torture and the Twilight of Empire. And did the French people buy that justification? You called it counter-revolutionary doctrine? Yes, uh, did... uh, which you know, today is you know, applied <laughs> in one form or another yes. by the U.S. You know, in uh, both Afghanistan and, and Iraq. Well, uh, you see, at first, you know, torture was not, uh, uh, did not become public. Uh, it was kept secret, and this is one of the distinguishing features of torture. As long as you keep it secret, um, you can practice it, you know, in any way that you see fit. Um, but then uh, the, uh, there was a, a young man at the time, uh, a Frenchman who uh, lived in Algeria. Uh, he was uh, a communist. Uh, he had been arrested by, the, by French paratroopers and uh, questioned, you know, interrogated uh, so that they could get the names and the whereabouts of other French uh, members of the the left uh, who had been uh, more sympathetic to uh, the movement of national liberation than uh, the average colonist. And this was Henri Alleg. Uh, He was captured by paratroopers, and um, he was tortured mercilessly, just you know, as badly as Algerians you know, had been, and um, and he survived. You know, they tried to somehow you know um, induce him to commit suicide because he had been so badly damaged you know, by the torture treatment that he received. But he didn't uh, commit suicide. Not only that, but he also did not talk because at some point you know a pain becomes um, <clears throat> a numbing. 
and the individual then, you know, his determination not to talk um, <clears throat> wins over uh, the pain, you know, that he experiences. Mm-hmm. So Henri Alleg, after he was removed from the secret um, <clears throat> torture center where he had been tortured on the heights of Algiers, uh, he, he was put in, in, in the detention center, and from there he started sneaking out on little pieces of paper a description, a very, very uh, linear uh, description of what happened to him in the torture chamber so that he wouldn't forget. And put all together, those pieces were uh, published as a book which the French government immediately banned, but, you know, it went through the first, you know, edition uh, being sold underground, you know, within a matter of weeks. So then uh, the French uh, public opinion had the incontrovertible proof that the French army was engaging in torture and that the Algerian detainees who had, that, who had said that they had been forced to say things that they didn't believe in because, you know, they were tortured had actually told the truth. Then it became really uh, a problem for the French government and the army to keep to keep the lid on. No, uh, I would a quick question uh, about uh, you. You described you were talking about uh, in Algiers that the uh, Algiers was the place where they were torturing. Were there any other French colonies during that period of time where there was a resistance movement and torture was being employed? Oh, sure. I mean, uh, first of all, in Algeria, torture was not only practiced in Algiers. You know, uh, the, the, the Algiers became famous because, remember, of the, you know, the, uh, the, what, what has been called the Battle of Algiers, you yeah. know, an incident where in 1957 when paratroopers had encircled the uh, old uh, part of the city, uh, which was inhabited, you know, primarily by uh, natives, and, you know, they had, you know, tortured people in their homes. But, in fact, torture was practiced everywhere um, in Algeria. Uh, yes, indeed, that is your question is important, you know, again, because uh, torture had been practiced in Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, and remember that um, the, uh, the Algerian war uh, started on November 1st, 1954, a few months after the French had been defeated at Dien Bien Phu in Vietnam uh, in May 1954. And during the war in Vietnam, the French had engaged in torture. Um, and so, and some of the techniques that they had used in uh, Vietnam, they also used in Algeria. However, the, uh, the doctrine in which torture was described and defined, you know, as a war weapon uh, had not existed yet, you know, when the French were in Vietnam. They were still thinking about it, but they brought it to fruition when they started um, fighting in Algeria. Um, they, uh, you know, the French had used torture uh, also sporadically in, in other places, such as Madagascar. Madagascar, you know, had gone through a long war of decolonization with France. So, what is important here is to realize that as France had lost Madagascar, uh, as it had been defeated in Vietnam, it, um, and you know, some of its other uh, uh, colonies that were more protectorate, like Morocco and Tunisia, were already clamoring for their independence, um, the French military, along with some politicians, uh, paused. And they, I find this pause you know, very interesting. They took stock of where 
the empire was at. And they realized that it was really crumbling because mm-hmm. Vietnam was called the pearl of the empire. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Algeria, which had a lot more colonists, you know, you know European French descent and or French descent, you know, than Vietnam, appeared, you know, after the loss of Vietnam as, you know, the bastion of the empire, uh, the history of which, you know, was being idealized and for which um, the French, you know, the French government, you know, needed, you know, to um, fight and fight a merciless war because they really convinced themselves that they could save the empire if only if they really uh, fought, you know, to the to the bitter end. And the the military strategy uh, the doctrine which they formulated was really incredibly uh, extreme. Uh, and actually, when I was reading the other day the defense policy guidance, you know, that the uh, uh, Department of Defense, you know, had mm-hmm. um, uh, it was classified and had formulated in 1992, but it was, you know, uh, declassified and uh, refurbished and uh, uh, made, you know, available to the American public in 1993. It is equally extreme. It doesn't, of course, say we will torture, but it's extreme in its in its goals that we have to be. Um, you know the uh, the power uh, against whom uh, no one you know could you know uh, rise or uh, you know the power that you know will uh, carry its will um, uh, in every region of the world except for Africa. I don't know why it doesn't mention Africa, but this is just between parentheses. It's, it's the extreme nature of the French military doctrine. Uh, which can also be read as a um, statement of um, how to uh, defend and keep an empire when the world, you know, around France had actually changed and had no stomach, you know, for uh, really uh, <clears throat> defending or uh, living, you know, under an empire. Hmm. We're speaking with Marnie Lazarek, and the book is Torture and the Twilight of Empire. And I, I want to draw a parallel here. Uh, I, real quick question about Algiers in terms of its relationship to France. Was it the last, if you will, domino within the, within the French, within the grand scheme of the French Empire to fall? And uh, what was the value of Algeria to France? Uh, Vietnam, there was some... I assume there was some mineral and there was some there was some economic gain by having control of of Vietnam. What was the relationship between France and Algeria? And well, uh, at the time, uh, the French, uh, when they first took Algeria in in eighteen thirty, a few weeks, a few years later, uh, they declared they declared Algeria an integral part of the French territory. Uh, so, you know, Algeria was, you know, considered, you know, uh, a part and parcel of France. It was, you know, three more departments, if you will, you know, administrative departments of France. So this um, uh, juridical fiction um, made uh, a number of people believe that uh, should Algeria become independent, it would mean the dismemberment of French territory. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, people have this capacity of believing the fictions that they have created mm-hmm. themselves. 
and no Algerian really felt, you know, that it was, you know, part and parcel of the French territory, um, and they didn't even have the same rights, you know, as the other uh, French people. Uh, second, uh, yes, um, France, of course, you know, had, you know, colonies also in, in sub-Saharan Africa, but because France decided that Algeria was more important um, and that it would fight for it by all means necessary, it actually um, uh, offered uh, a large measure of political autonomy to uh, its, you know, sub-Saharan African colonies, especially, you know, uh, l'Afrique occidentale, Western Africa. Um, so, but in the middle of the war, as the war was, you know, um, unfolding, the French discovered oil. In, in the desert, you know, in the north of the northern part of Algeria, you know, is mm-hmm. as you know uh, along the Mediterranean. So the climate is, you know, more or less, you know, it's Mediterranean climate, and you know, you have you know fertile valleys, and you know, you have you know also um, you know forest, you know, the you know forest, and you know the mountains, and you know it's scenery that resembles. Um, parts of France. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the southern part of Algeria with the desert, uh, France, you know, had discovered that there was oil. And so that made, you know, its determination to fight, you know, even stronger mm-hmm. uh, because they realized that, look, I mean, the resources are enormous. Um, so there is always an economic interest uh, behind uh, a struggle, you know, for, uh, you know, a colony or, um, you know, for occupying a country. And we know that, you know, the Iraqi oil, you know, was also yeah. one of the factors, you know, that played uh, a large role in the occupation of uh, Iraq. Now, has the Bush administration, let's draw it up to the present time, have, did they uh, get any inspiration from the use of torture uh, in the, in the uh, Algerian war? Well, um, you see, there had been, one couldn't say that, um, you know, the French, you know, taught, you know, the French military taught, you know, the U.S. military how to torture. That, that would be entirely um, <clears throat> inaccurate. Uh, the CIA had undertaken uh, very, very extensive, you know, sponsored and paid for uh, extensive research between 1952 and 1962 on sensory deprivation, um, you know, how to, you know, break down the ego of the individual so that, you know, he, you know, he could talk, not only talk, but also uh, could be brainwashed. So there is a whole history of that. Uh, what the Algerian war uh, and the manner in which, you know, the French fought it um, did for the U.S. is provide them with a coherent, uh, well-articulated, um, a logical uh, doctrine um, that combined uh, military operations with psychological warfare and with uh, the... Um, uh, provision of uh, social services, you know, to uh, the population that's being invaded. And all of this, you know, was uh, had as one uh, common denominator the use of torture. 
so there has been, it's very interesting, when you speak to French intellectuals, they immediately talk about the linkages between the French doctrine um, of, you know, counter-revolutionary war, uh, which we call here counter-insurgency war, and, you know, um, you know, what has been done, what's being done in Iraq and Afghanistan. But American scholars, for some reason, don't see the connections because they get lost, you know, in, um, in discussing, you know, the, the, the secret um, uh, uh, the research, you know, done by the CIA and also the CIA in the 50s and all sorts of, you know, um, uh, other, you know, secret techniques, you know, used, you know, which were really torture techniques. Now, the uh, generals who were instrumental in applying uh, torture systematically as part of a, an organized military uh, doctrine had come to the U.S. and you know, lectured about it um, and also trained, um, you know, uh, American, you know, officers, you know, in it. And one of these is General Osares, uh, who wrote a book uh, in uh, 2001 uh, called in French, you know, Special Services, uh, Service Special, which was translated in English as the Battle of the Casbah. And he had, uh, he tortured, you know, numerous uh, Algerians. And at the end of the book, he says, I regret nothing. I just hope that others will not have to go, you know, through what I have done. And he lectured about, you know, the, the, the doctrine. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And he um, also, uh, not only he, but there was another theorist by the name of Charles uh, Lacheroy, uh, who had, you know, served in Vietnam and taught at the uh, war school in Paris, you know, about, you know, this, you know, counter-revolutionary doctrine. He spent two, uh, he came, he had, he made two trips to the, to the U.S. of one month each, and each time he was, you know, teaching in, in, in the fort, you know, uh, Osares taught at Fort Bragg and Fort Benning, um, Benning and uh, Charleroi, uh, Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, uh, the other one, you know, taught, you know, at you know other, you know, uh, war schools, military schools in the U.S. Um, there was, uh, according to a French uh, investigative uh, reporter, um, who has interviewed a number of American officers who had had contact um, not only with Lacheroi, but also with Osares and with the men who wrote about the doctrine, uh, Roger Trinquier, um, according to these interviews, American officers said, well, of course we knew about torture, of course we knew about, you know, uh, anti-subversive uh, action, but for the first time we were offered a well-articulated um, uh, doctrine uh, in which, you know, torture was a, a strategic tool. So it's, this, it's the, 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 the logical and organized and um, uh, compelling character of the doctrine uh, that had appealed, you know, to uh, the CIA and a number of American officers. And actually, uh, more recently, as we're marking the fifth anniversary of the um, Iraq War, mm -hmm. uh, more and more articles have appeared uh, in the New York Times uh, on uh, how now the Army, the U.S. Army, is playing 
um, he's actually uh, playing the role that that the that the uh, civil authorities should be should be playing both in Afghanistan and in Iraq. In Iraq, so you have young oh. military officers uh, having to settle tribal disputes, uh, right. take care of electricity, um, <clears throat> argue with local villagers, you know, about where a well should be dug, um, doing administrative work, which normally a state does. This is exactly what the French army had done in Algeria, and that always is um, not a recipe for for success because yeah. the army is going to be making mistakes, which will then, you know, it will be blamed for when, in fact, you know, it's doing the job that the civil authority should be doing. Well, it sounds like the parallels are, are clear. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, from what I know of torture, it's not successful. It doesn't accomplish what it sets out to do. You're, you're trying to extract information, at least, you know, modern torture. You know, this isn't punishment anymore. You're trying to extract information from somebody, and yet the, the information isn't reliable. And as you said earlier, uh, you get to a threshold where you, you, uh, the pain, is, you're numb. So you essentially you could mislead people. Uh, has that been your experience, uh, that torture is, is uh, absolutely worthless as a, uh, uh, what they call a counter-revolutionary doctrine? Yeah, it's, it's um, ultimately the information that one gets, you know, from uh, torture is not reliable um, because, you know, the individual is subjected to very extreme, you know, pain, um, also degrading um, uh, a treatment, and um, the, to escape, you know, from that uh, treatment, the individual can say anything. Um, that he is asked to confess to. And if you look at the counter-U.S. Um, Army Intelligence and Interrogation you know, Handbook, it specifically you know, says, there's also the, um, the U.S. Army Counter-Intelligence Handbook, they specifically say that intelligence you know, has to be right. um, reliable. Right. And, um, and it, it has to be also uh, obtained in a manner that is not um, you know, uh, you know, coercive. Right. So um, you can obtain some information, and uh, General Massu, when he attacked, you know, the old part of the Casbah of the of Algiers, the Casbah, um, he went in to dismantle um, a big, you know, uh, front of national liberation cell. Right. So he did dismantle it. Uh, nevertheless, and this was in 1957. Uh, the war dragged on until 1962, and it was resolved in a way that the French government did not want to see resolved. Algeria did become independent. So all of that you know, pain and suffering and all of that uh, systematic torture um, ended you know, with the wrong result you know, for the French. So ultimately, uh, torture does not uh, work. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time, um, but uh, just to... <laughs> Put a put a bow on this, and that is, it doesn't sound like this is going to work out very well for the United States and Iraq, uh, and they haven't learned the real lessons here. Um, unfortunately, we are out of time, Marnia. I want to thank you so much for being here. The book is Torture and the Twilight of Empire. Marnia Lazarick, thank you for being here on Weekly Signals. Thank you for having me. To learn more about Weekly Signals interviews, including upcoming guests, 
or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And this is Weekly Signals.